Uh, welcome everyone. Uh, our theme is uh, audio and written feedback, differences and preferences. I'm Peter Cogill, who's facilitating. And I'll hand over to Heidi to uh, introduce herself and what she's trying to do. Thank you. Hi, um, I'm Heidi Post. I'm a lecturer here from Sheffield Hallam University. And um, what I'm going to present here is just the results of uh, a very small research project that we conducted within the Faculty of Health and Wellbeing, uh, comparing um, audio feedback with traditional written feedback. Um, and I'm presenting this work on behalf of the rest of the project team, and Chris um, is here with us as well. So what we particularly were doing with this study, we were trying to evaluate um, the effectiveness of audio feedback. I'd sort of um, been introduced to audio feedback by a colleague from the Faculty of Health and Wellbeing and did that whole, oh, isn't this wonderful, what a brilliant idea, why haven't we done this earlier? And had started piloting using it um, on one of my modules. And um, the external examiner was... Um, so wowed by it when she listened to, to the feedback compared to the written feedback that the students were getting. She had requested that we use it across the whole module, that every, all the tutors on the module should use it. Um, we did get a little bit, little pockets of resistance from some tutors and we felt after the initial pilot that we ought to do a more formal evaluation and so that's what we did. Um, I'm going to, for the interest of time, I've got quite a few background slides, so I might go through these quite quickly, so um, don't worry if I, if I flick them up and you haven't got a chance to read them. Um, we, the module that I started doing the feedback on was a research methods module. Um, it's traditionally a module that um, students uh, struggle with, they're out of their comfort zone, really. They're, I teach a lot of um, healthcare students. They're very familiar with their own practice and um, modules related to their practice. So when they come to do research methods, they need quite a bit of feedback because they struggle a little bit. Um, and finding the best way to do that um, has, has been problematic. There are a whole range of different ways that we give feedback. Um, I run um, a taught version and also um, an e-learning version of the module. So uh, feedback is, is through electronic media, email, asynchronous and synchronous discussion forums... Um, and to the students on the TARP modules were getting first-to-first -first discussions, etc. Um, intuitively, um, you would think that oral feedback would be better um, than written feedback, but of course um, it doesn't have the permanence, um, if you're in a face-to-face -face situation, um, that written feedback has, you know, the student doesn't really have anything to take away with them. So... Um, Looking at the literature, there was quite a lot of literature about what makes good feedback, um, about what um, makes poor feedback, but couldn't really find an, an awful lot in the literature, despite the fact that audio feedback has been used since about the 1990s, um, to show how effective and, and any good real evaluations of, of, of this as a mode of feedback. So basically the premise of the study was to, because we had pockets of resistance from some tutors, it was to evaluate how effective the feedback was in relation to the methods that we were already using. But also there was concern about um, how much time it took. So this efficiency that was already talked about in the keynote there, about a lot of lecturers got the impression that it took a lot longer than actually doing the written feedback. Um, so the method, what we did was we looked at, um, I'm part of the radiotherapy and oncology team, so we looked at the master students on the radiotherapy and oncology MSc, and we asked the module leaders of that course if they would be willing to participate, and in the end we had about nine module cohorts included in the final sample. This covered a range of both taught and distance learning students, 
and it covered a range of feedback practices. So some were doing little pockets of audio um, and some were just using a variety of different practices of written feedback. Um, giving feedback is quite a complex process, we know that, and so we tried to make sure that um, the method that we used covered um, the interests of all parties. So we looked at the um, tutor perspective and we looked at how long it took them to undertake the feedback. So we asked them to record um, the timing from start to finish of whether it was written or audio. We also um, tried to assess the quality of the feedback, um, every piece of feedback that came through the study. And we developed, um, as much as we could, an objective scoring system uh, of, of quality based on evidence from the literature about what makes good quality and also the principles of good feedback that we use here at Sheffield Hallam. And then from the student perspective, we um, asked them to complete feedback satisfaction questionnaires. We used a questionnaire, we adapted a questionnaire that had already been validated through uh, the FAST project and we also did some, a few unstructured one-to-one -one telephone interviews with students as well. Um, you probably won't be able to see this, it's just um, really to demonstrate. This is the um, objective scoring system that we use to assess the quality of the feedback. And there was about 13 points on there that reflected evidence from the literature about um, principles of uh, feed-forward, um, whether the feedback was primarily emission-based, um, uh, or error-based, and, um, and whether it gave the opportunity for the student to look at um, how to improve their performance. And so for each piece of feedback that we, we got in the study, we, we scored it. Um, and we tested the reliability of that score, and it was quite good. It had to come back alpha uh, of just over 7, not 0.7, sorry. Um, this is the student satisfaction questionnaires that we sent out, and it, as I say, it was based on a, a fairly val well-validated tool being used in a very big um, project previously. Um, the first section asked the students about uh, the quantity and the timing of feedback, and we thought that was important because um, with audio there is that opportunity to do a very quick turnaround and get it back to the students quickly. Um, and also we asked them about the quality of the feedback. The final section was about um, what they'd done with the feedback, and in fact, in this study, we haven't reported much about, the, about what they've done with the feedback because when we tested it with this cohort of um, students, um, it, it didn't pan out as being terribly reliable. That. So we focused mainly the student satisfaction on these, this scale here. So um, in terms of the results uh, of the feedback that we had available, we had... Um, I, I had been doing audio feedback for quite some time, and so we included my audio um, as part... We, it was scored by an, an independent member of the project team um, who was blind we, to um, the markers. We anonymised all the feedback um, and anonymised all the student uh, satisfaction questionnaires as well. Um, and I split it into audio that was mine and audio that was everybody else's because we didn't want to skew the results, obviously. There would be an, an element of bias there. Um, and we had um, 86 pieces of written feedback. So in total, um, without my feedback, we had about 139 pieces of feedback to look at. Questionnaires, getting questionnaires from students were, was a nightmare, getting them to return them. Uh, we offered prizes, that helped a bit, but not much. So um, we had 28 questionnaires back from students who had audio feedback, 22 from those who had written feedback, so 50 for analysis. Not great. Um, we asked the tutors to record the timings. They didn't all remember to do that, so we didn't get a huge um, 
amount of data there, but we did get um, enough to look at. So in total, about 82 um, bits of data on the timing. <coughs> and we undertook six individual interviews with students, um, and we looked at UK-based students as well as our international students. The feedback that we looked at, um, this is just really to demonstrate the range of written feedback that came, came to us. <coughs> um, <coughs> it ranged from uh, just comments like this, typed comments, to people who'd used the assessment grid to highlight feedback with a few comments below it, um, comments related to learning outcomes with marks next to it, and this approach where you've got a sort of visual... Um, um, identification of marks uh, you can't see it there but it's sort of um, excellent poor for each of the learning outcomes and then some di dialogue or some written text below it so for every piece of written text what we, we did we analysed it for content using the, the scoring system and we also measured the word count um, we looked at how much there was of it so not just quality but quantity and also the audio feedback we had them all transcribed which might sound like a really strange thing to do but we wanted to measure like with like to look at the, the quality of the feedback so taking the actual <coughs> the voice and the tone and all that bit out of it initially just to look at the feedback itself so um, this graph we've got the quality um, the average quality feedback score along here and this is the module along the bottom um, again the numbers look a bit odd because we initially had 11 modules but two of them didn't run so there is actually only seven in total the blue bars um, is the average scores for the audio and the green is the average scores for the written. And what you can see is that you know, audio feedback isn't necessarily a panacea. It doesn't suddenly make your feedback brilliant. And um, some of those written feedback actually did score quite well. And if we look at individual markers, um, an average, average quality score, um, it might, it's a little bit, little bit um, overcomplicated, this slide, but... For example, um, on some markers did both audio and written feedback. And, for example, this individual was better at their written feedback than they were at their audio feedback. They scored better. And possibly because they were used to doing that, they, they had not long been doing audio feedback. Um, so if we look at the um, quality of the feedback scores, the, the minimum score was minus three because the three last points on the, on the quality score... And we scored as minus um, if they were present in the feedback. The maximum score that was achievable was 10. So the um, overall average quality score for the audio feedback was around 6.4 and for the written was 4.5. So there was a significant difference um, between the audio and the written. And primarily the, these were tutors who hadn't been doing audio for very long. So there is the potential obviously for there to be a learning curve there for them to improve. Um, we just correlated, we had a little look at the quality of the score versus the word count, uh, and there was a positive correlation there between the amount of feedback that there was given to the student and the quality. So I think that relates to the audio as well, because it gives you the opportunity to say more, then um, you have that opportunity to provide better quality feedback. And if we look at student satisfaction, um, that was positively correlated with the quality score that we used. So it's quite, it was quite a, a, um, a good, reliable tool in as much as it reflected um, what the students liked about their feedback. And if we look at... Uh, we didn't have a lot of questionnaires, um, to be fair, returned to us. Um, but if we look at the average scores for the audio feedback, 
in terms of student satisfaction, um, that was significantly higher than the, um, the satisfaction that they had for their written feedback. And again, we didn't have a huge amount of data here, but what we did have, um, the um, average time it took to complete the audio feedback was just over 10 minutes, and it was almost double that um, for the written feedback. So for me, what we were saying is that it was um, more efficient and better quality um, than, the, than the written feedback. And this was with tutors who hadn't been doing um, audio feedback for very long. Um, looking at the six interviews that we did, again, not a huge sample, but we tried to, as best as we could to get a range from different modules and um, UK-based and international students. And the key things that came back are all the things that were mentioned in the keynote, really. Um, what students liked was the, um, was the detail that they got in the audio feedback that they didn't get in the written. There was this opportunity for motivating um, the students um, that came across in the audio um, and particularly the distance learning students liked the audio because they didn't have that human contact so it gave them uh, the ability listening to, to a tutor's voice was um, a positive experience for them and uh, just a repeat of what Bob had said earlier less opportunities for misinterpretation um, students tended to pause the audio feedback and make notes and then translate that into their own words and we found when I was doing the interviews that they tended to recall the audio feedback really well and whether it's, that's because they had to stop and interpret it themselves, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so just moving on quickly, because I'm running out of time. Um, conclusions and recommendations. I think we, just repeating really what was said in the, in the keynote is that it does allow the opportunity for greater detail. Um, it's, I think, a more efficient way. It didn't come out of the keynote this morning, but from what we've looked at, it is a more efficient way of providing feedback. Um, Feedback quality was influenced um, by the media and also by how much the word count. Um, I think that's about all I have to say. Uh, the other thing to say is the students weren't put off by the tutor accents. Even the international students that we had uh, didn't affect their ability to understand what we were trying to convey. They particularly liked the um, human element, especially our distance learning um, students. Um, and what did come out of it is training is essential. I think you can't just throw tutors into it um, blindly. Um, we did give them a, a bit of a, a very simple training experience before we, we thrust it upon them. Um, and I think one of the things that's interesting for me that's come out of the study that probably would like to look at in a bit more detail in future is, is does audio allow students to remember the feedback better? Do they, is that because they engage with it? You know, paper, do they file it? Um, I don't know, but we think, I think that's an interesting thing that we'd like to look at. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't, hope I didn't rattle through that too quickly. Thank you very much. Any questions? Thank you. Um, I, you showed us some of the performers or the uh, written feedback that you provide to your students. Yeah. I was wondering whether, um, in what way does the, the setting, that's, of course it's audio, but you, know, you would probably consider certain parts, um, have you got? Do you provide also new tutors with a, a performer, uh, kind of an example of yeah. the ideal yes. audio, if it exists? Yes. When we did the training, we did. Um, we gave them a, a night. We said, okay, you will do it your own way. But here's an example. <coughs> we gave them a, a, an audio recording to listen to, and we also gave them a kind of not a breakdown of exactly what to include, but starting with your name, student's name, um, and we we learned from previous experience as well that actually um, because the students like to hear the mark and because in the interviews they were saying that um, they can be quite anxious when they're listening and that may affect how well they listen because they don't know whether they've passed or not 
So we kind of now, after this, encourage tutors to say, well, well done, you've passed. So at least they can relax. Or if they haven't passed, say, well, don't worry, you haven't passed, but I'm going to go into a bit more detail. So that they can listen with the right ear, if you know what I mean, whether they need to make lots of notes or just listen and go. So we try to tell them to do that. So we give them a kind of basic idea of what to include. Um, but, 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 and, and we give them an opportunity to practice. We give them a little, little workshop before we thrust them into it. Yeah. Uh, did any of the students actually come back having received just the, the audio feedback and, and ask for further clarification? No, none. Um, what I will say is, when we first presented to the students um, that you, you're going to get audio, because we actually do it now, since this, we do it across the board, they all get audio. Um, so we have had some students kind of go, oh, no, I don't want it, I want written feedback. And I had one particular student who was, um, she's a lecturer in Canada, uh, was very vocal, definitely didn't want it, went against all her principles of teaching and learning. And so what we said to her was, look, just give it a go. If you don't like it, well, of course, we'll provide written feedback. She listened to the feedback and she came straight back to us and was totally wowed and said, right, I'm a convert. So I think, it's be, I think there, was an, there was an anxiety with students, mature students, some mature students who were afraid of the technology, um, especially healthcare students who need to record things for CPD purposes. They were concerned about how do I record it? I've got a written portfolio. So once you get over those simple things, um, you know, and they kind of relax into it a little bit. I mean, part of the, the, the second part of that question would have been if a student had come back to discuss that feedback, could you remember it? Um, whereas if you've got written feedback, at least you can see the, a copy of that record. Yeah. How, how do you sort of um, keep the, well, the feedback? Is that another digital? It is a digital, just, just stored digitally, um, as you would do with your written feedback. I don't store it any differently than I would my written feedback, so I can listen to it quite quickly. Yeah. I was just wondering from what you've said that the student has to listen to the feedback in order to find out that you start with a grade or mark. Did you do this on purpose? No, to it's avoid not listening. No, well, it's something that the institution does here. We use Blackboard and um, the system is set up so that the student um, is set up on purpose, I think, like this way, so that the student has to listen or read their feedback first. They then have to do a very short reflection on it. I don't know, and it gets sent electronically somewhere, and then they get their mark. It's not something that, as tutors, we control. It's something that's set up institutionally, and I think the purpose behind that is to it, uh, try to encourage the student to engage with the feedback first before they get the mark. I'm interested in what technology they were using. Did, did all this? Did all the lecturers have the same? Um, we gave them an. Um, we got them in a, in a room to do a workshop and we gave them an option to be showed them the dictaphones. Um, we're very lucky in the Faculty of Health and Wellbeing that our technology team there, our IT support team there, have got in lots of bits of kit so they can borrow them out. So we've got loads of dictaphones, digital dictaphones. We've got handsets, sort of headsets and microphones. Mm. We let them practice with a whole variety of things. We've, we um, use Audacity. We've got that up. Um, but I have to say we tend to recommend not using Audacity now because it... Uh, there's no need for it really we, we make it as simple as possible just you know mp3 recordings or digital uh, very rough mm. and ready as it goes kind so of thing the, the students were just given back uh, just audio files audio files yeah it, and it was up to them to then relate that to the written piece of work yes yeah um, I, th- I think the way that we format it as well is we um, we give them the feedback related to the learning outcomes and we also, it, with the audio, it gives you the opportunity to go through the, the essay a little bit more. You know, like you don't have that opportunity in the written text. You can go, go to page six, if you look on page six, 
um, paragraph three or whatever in this section you, you know we feel you didn't and you can explain it a little bit more so you were just attaching the mp3 file to we to attached blackboard. it to blackboard yeah mm. um, as you would do a writ- written piece yeah. of feedback so they just downloaded it um, we didn't have any problem we had a couple, we've had a couple of students who have not really necessarily had up to date PCs who haven't had software but it's been quite easy to sort that out you can get free software mm. we've just directed them to various software with the piece of work itself it's electronically yes yeah because all our students submit electronically through blackboard right yeah also, oh, their secure sites that they can access to their own feedback. Yeah, yeah. It's all part of the VLE. Yeah, so we have Blackboard, but yeah. we don't have that facility yet. It's part of the gradebook. Right. Yeah, so all, all our students, Grade Centre, submit yeah. through Grade Centre, and um, they have they'll go to my grades where they have their feedback sitting there. Just so you can just basically. Paste an MP3 file you just upload it, okay. yeah. Attach it. Attach it, yeah. Just attach a file, just as you would a Word document. Yeah. It doesn't take very long, and in fact, I tend to mark from home a lot. And and even though the files are bigger than a, a written document, um, if you're doing it on a Wi-Fi link, it's sometimes very slow and tricky. But if you just click your wire in and do it via the wire, it's really quick. So typically, how, how long would that kind of comment fail run for? Well, it depends. I mean, I think the students that fail tend to be quite a lot longer and he I know Bob was recommending less than five minutes but yeah. I know mine take eight to ten minutes on the students that failed um, yeah. on the really good students they're about four or five minutes okay. yeah did, during your interviews did any of the students express a frustration that they couldn't respond back no they didn't no, no. were you surprised by them um a little bit, but I suppose we never really get, you know, when we send out written feedback, we ne- a lot of our students are distance learning, they never really come back to us. Yeah. That even though we say, to, to give them the opportunity, if you don't understand anything, come back to us, yeah. never hear from any of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a similar thing. But, but since we've done this, and we're doing it across all our students now, I've been inundated with emails from students just anecdotally saying how they've loved the audio and I am selling it a bit I feel that I'm not giving a very balanced picture but saying that they've you know they've been on the course for a long time they've, and this is the first time they've had feedback that they feel they can do something with because it's the detail and, and there's that lack of the, there is no opportunity for misinterpretation because uh, in written text sometimes I, the students in the interview said sometimes I'll get a comment and I would think was the tutor being sarcastic were they being I don't really sure yeah, what they meant <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but with the with the spoken word they could tell from the tone of your voice mm-hmm. um, exactly what the meaning was behind it and the explanation yeah did you have any students that didn't have English as their first language yeah. And, um, and did, did they have a different reaction, or was it no, more enthusiastic? I was, no, I, that we pick, particularly picked on. Well, we haven't. We, well, in the Faculty of Health and Wellbeing, we do have a lot of Indian students, and we didn't do. They they weren't part of this sample, but we did have students: um, Switzerland, Germany, um, Saudi. Just trying to think smoothly. So quite far from places. Um, and one of the ones we interviewed, um, he was from Germany. He didn't particularly have a problem because I asked him specifically, did he have a problem with my accent? Um, and he didn't. So, um, but I think I think when we've talked to our physio colleagues, they have a lot of Indian international students. I think it's not necessarily perhaps something that will work quite as easily for them. Thank you. Any more questions? Okay. Thank you very thank much, you. Heidi.